Paleo Hackers. It is good to be back on the Paleo Hacks Podcast, our weekly Thursday show. Welcome. I am Clark, your host, and this is brought to you by PaleoHacks.com. Today on the show, the perfect day formula. Craig Ballantyne is back on the show, this time not to talk about hacking your fat loss, but to talk about how you can create the perfect day at home. Now, perfect day doesn't mean uh, you have to do everything a certain way. It's just about creating systems that can improve your life and maximize the results on whatever area you're in. doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur with your own business or you're working a nine to five or you're a stay-at-home mom. Remember, paleohacks.com is the place to be. Uh, community, form, recipes, lots of great stuff over there. And then you can get a hold of me, Clark at ClarkDanger.com or Clark Dangerous, that's O-U-S, on all social media platforms. Let me know. If you haven't heard already, we did the best of Paler Hacks 2015. I think that was last week or the week before something. Um, <laughs> that is a crazy Crazy show. I loved putting that together for everyone and crazy not because it's the best thing ever, uh, but it's it's a really cool mashup of the top 10 shows I selected from like 72 of them. Um, so be sure you listen to that. That was a labor of love. And uh, yeah, I think that was last week. You can just look in our iTunes page or the archives. That's all I got for announcements. Are you ready for this week's show? I'm ready for you to hear it. Let's go hear what my man Craig has to say. All right, Paler Hackers, welcome back to the Paler Hacks podcast. With me on the other end is my guest, Craig Ballantyne, Toronto-based strength and conditioning coach, creator of the popular fitness program, Turbulence Training. And Craig's work has been featured in publications such as Men's Health, Maxim Fitness, Oxygen, and he is the co-owner of Early to Rise. So Craig, welcome back to the show, man. Yeah, good to have you. Or good to be back because uh, the last time we did an interview was really, really fun. You you are a really great interviewer. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, that was a that was a fun call. It was probably two years ago. We were talking about hacking fat loss, and, right? Uh, that was that was a really informative call. I can remember ten emails after that, all saying they uh, ditched the elliptical machine, which I think we were we were talking about. Very cool. Today we're talking about uh, your new book, The Perfect Day Formula. And that came out in December, correct? Yes, sir. This this past December? Yeah. Okay. So you haven't slept in three months? <laughs> well, no. I've been having perfect days. Oh, that's Always right. having perfect days. <laughs> Very you cool. know, it, it, was, uh, it was a lot harder writing it than it has been sharing it. Okay. Yeah. I, c- I can imagine. Um, and so set the stage for everyone at home. How did the perfect day come about? What was your story with writing it? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, I, I've basically been studying self-improvement and personal development and time management since I was in my teenage years. And I, you know, I went to college and got a master's degree in exercise physiology, so I had that angle to it as well. But it really was coming down to like, how can I get the most done over the course of the day? And there was a time in my life when I had moved from personal training all day long, about 12 hours a day to where I was really just running my online business and, and helping people through my fitness programs around the world via the internet. And when I was able to not have to get up so early, I started sleeping late. But one thing I noticed was that when I slept late, I felt like I was waking up and chasing the world and I was always trying to catch up 
and just felt wrong inside my head. And, and at the end of the day, I just didn't feel like I was getting everything done. And so over the years, I put together a system that helps people. And it doesn't matter what time they get up, but it helps them get more done during their day so that they can then have more freedom for their family and their hobbies and their health and their lifestyle at night. And so that's what the perfect day formula is all about. It's not necessarily to live my life or to live by my rules and my system, but to find the best way for you to live your life and to achieve what really matters. Okay. And so you, you use the perfect day formula said, Hey, this is working for me. I might as well share it. And that's what you put in the book for people to follow as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it was also a bit of a philosophical book in that it's based on a formula for a, a stoic philosopher who lived 2000 years ago, who said, control what you can cope with what you can't and concentrate on what counts. And I use, uh, I call that his three C formula. And then I applied that to our mm-hmm. lives control your morning, cope with what you can't, you know, to conquer the chaos of the afternoon and then concentrate on what counts at night, which is when most people are together with their family or when that's, that, that's when they want to do their hobbies or whatever it is. That's where their freedom is, but they have to earn that freedom through having a very structured day. Okay. That's a, that's a cool approach. Is that Seneca or, or who said that? That was Epictetus. Epictetus. Um, Seneca is also a Stoic philosopher, but Epictetus was the, the, the person who I really connected with through this little book called The Art of Living, which is his main lessons translated by a woman named Sharon LaBelle. And I've tried to contact her to thank her for this book because I've read it six to ten times now. I, yeah. I read it over and over and over again. It's just really great philosophy on realizing that you um, – can't control other people and external events. You can only control yourself, how you respond, and what you do. And when people get that mindset and it switches in their head, then they really take great personal responsibility for their lives and they're actually able to burst through plateaus and really make progress. Yeah, absolutely. Some of those old school classics are a real... Uh, a real they were some smart guys back then. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> um so getting into the perfect day then, you know, if someone's reading the book, kind of give us a, a bird's eye view of, of what's in the perfect day. Yeah, so we really focus on getting people structured with some boundaries in their life. And it sounds very paradoxical to say that, listen, the more boundaries, the more structure you have in your days, the more free you will actually be in your life. And most people think that just sounds totally ridiculous. It's, it doesn't make sense. It sounds like the opposite. I should have you know, just be able to do whatever I want. That's real freedom. Um, but life doesn't work like that. There has to be some sacrifices. And so we teach people that you should get up a little bit earlier in the morning than you are now. So it doesn't matter if you're getting up at nine o'clock or you're getting up at six o'clock. I recommend you get up an extra 15 minutes early so that you are alone with your thoughts. And if you have 15 minutes in the morning, you can make big progress in any area of your life, whether you're getting out of debt or whether you're planning to try and go out and find the love of your life, or whether you're trying to lose weight. It's all about having that planning and preparation in place so that you make the right choices in life. And with these boundaries, it also helps you eliminate the need for willpower in your life. And so paleo eating is a really great example of this. You know, people say, oh, I don't want any rules in my life. But you know, if you, um, if you stop at red lights or you follow the Ten Commandments, you have plenty of rules in your life. And also with paleo eating, you know, paleo eating includes a a rule, you know, we don't eat wheat. And, you know, that just makes it so much easier when you go out and you're at a party or at an event and somebody brings around, you know, cookies or 
or pastries and you're trying to stay on a fat loss program, well, it's easy for you to say, no, I I eat paleo um, and so I don't eat wheat. And that's a rule that you live by and it reduces the a will pla- willpower and discipline that you need for so many aspects in uh, everyday life. And so when you have these boundaries in place and you are able to save up your willpower for more important decisions, yeah. you lose less energy and have way less stress in your life. Yeah, that's a really good point about creating systems and kind of uh, freedom through discipline because I think a lot of us grow up with discipline as this dirty word and you know we don't want it in our adult life because now we get to make the decisions and and, uh finally we can do whatever we want but maybe there's some what i'm hearing is that there's some use for discipline to actually better everything else amplify it absolutely and then you know the whole thing is it's people need to know what really matters in their life and then if they have discipline and structure around their days they actually open up more hours for those things that really matter. So if you want to spend more time with your kids and quality time with your kids at night, um, if, but if you don't have any structure in your day and you're kind of goofing around at work and you're on all these websites and you're reading other stuff that's not work-related, and the next thing you know, you have to spend an extra hour and a half at work because you didn't hit your deadlines, yeah. then you're, you're cutting that away from time with your family. Or you have to you know, look at your smartphone every five minutes when you're at home that's not freedom. But if you really get things done over the course of the day, you can go home, turn off the phone and be with your kids and play and, and, you know, teach them. And that Mm. is real freedom in life. Yeah. So I'm hearing kind of what most people, uh, probably do and myself included a lot of days is we're kind of on that low level of, uh, of alertness, like, like a low level of sleep. We don't get that deep REM sleep. Well, we don't get that deep task completion and, and we can't turn it off and be with our family or whatever we're doing. We're, we're still kind of tied to work and checking our, our Facebook or email at, at night when we shouldn't be, shouldn't be there. Yeah. It's really about that separation. You know, one of the little tools that I talk about in the book is called a brain dump. And I, you know, I coach a lot of business owners, especially those who have young kids and they love this little tool because all it is, is you, you can just use a scrap piece of paper but whenever you're leaving work or you're, you know, you're shutting down your home office or whatever for the day and trying to go and be with your family, just take out a scrap piece of paper and write down all the things that are running through your head that are stressing you out or that you need to think about or that you have to deal with tomorrow and just leave them on that paper hmm. and leave them in your office or leave them in that room and walk away from it and go and be present with your family. That's you know one of the major lessons that we're trying to get across here in the book is that there's a place for everything. There's a place for free time, but there's also a place for having that discipline and, and having that work-related task focus. Yeah. Um, so what are some common myths? I'm curious, like people floating at home or maybe they go into their office every day and they think uh, they think if they, you mentioned willpower, um, you know, if they, if they just willpower through dieting, for instance, they can become lean. And we know that's kind of a myth or, or we uh, should be being productive at night, checking our phones. That's kind of a myth. Are there any other big myths that trip people up on the day to day? Yeah. So there's, I'll talk about two here. One relates to business and, and the myth is that, you know, you need to go and check your email first thing in the morning. And that is just a real bad way to start your day. Now it, some people may have some emergency emails that they absolutely have to have. Like as a personal trainer, you would want to know if your client was going to cancel 
So you should have, I mean, the great thing about email is, is you can have multiple email addresses. So you could have one email address that was related to, uh, you know, client scheduling. And that's the only one you check first thing in the morning. And there won't be a lot of emails in there. And then you can just go and focus on your work, whether you're creating programs for your client or whether you're, you're going and actually meeting with them. And this can be applied to any type of business. You just want to stay out of your email as long as possible and get to work and focus on your number one priority, whether that's budgeting or, you know, planning a meeting or a sales prep uh, presentation, don't get sucked into email. Now, another one in the weight loss side is that, you know, you need to do this all by yourself. And the truth is you need a lot of people on your side. You need a professional accountability coach, whether that's a nutritionist or a personal trainer, you know, even if you see them just once a month, and you, but you can check in with them by email or text every day. Um, and you also need positive social support, which is your cheerleaders in life. And those are just people who are always going to encourage you no matter how tough things are going. And those can be online or, or in the real world. Research shows that online uh, social support works really, really well for people that want to lose weight. So mm-hmm. if you've got a, a membership site and a forum at, at Paleo Hacks, people need to be involved in that. Because they need that social support from other people who have been there and done that, meaning they've been in their situation, have overcome the same obstacles, and can share valuable lessons. And so when people think, you know, just keep their goals to themselves, they actually are hurting themselves. Um, But when they share it with positive people, then they actually recruit these people uh, who will help them go out of their way to help them. Okay. So the first one was email, correct? And and we should be... uh, um, putting that off as long as possible because yep. it's kind of a it's kind of a portal. It's like a a wormhole, and when as soon as you hit that Gmail tab, there's so many other things that pop into your life that all of a sudden take you away from what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, and it, it could be something as simple as someone disagreeing with you, and the next thing you know, you have that email in your head, and you're like writing these responses in your head for hours and hours and hours, and it's just sucking away the energy because someone didn't like an article you wrote or they didn't like your last podcast guest or you know they, they couldn't download something you, you sent to them or they just don't like your opinion. And, and if you see that first thing in the morning, your day is shot. So you got to stay away from that. Yeah. And so would you recommend, I've heard, um, I've heard people recommend this to people who work in like a steady nine to five setting, which a lot of our audience is, is listening to this call at the gym or in their commute or in between their work and they need email for their work. Um, having a couple times a day, they check it or when would you, how would you recommend them managing that if they have a nine to five? Yeah, that's, that's a great question and a great system for doing it. You know, try and limit your checking of the email to a certain amount of time. And then another thing that I actually talk about in the book is that your email inbox is actually your responsibility. So if you find that it's overflowing with emails, the problem probably starts with you and how many emails you send out. And so I encourage people to, you know, before they hit send on the email to count to 10 and think, does this really need to be emailed? Hmm. You know, do I need, really need to reply all? Do I really need to email this? Why don't I just go and talk to the person, you know, a couple uh, desk down. And the fewer emails you send, the fewer emails you receive, and therefore the less time you spend in your email. Uh, because every minute you spend in email is robbing you of a minute spent either working on a big project or getting home on time and spending it with your children. 
And when I make that uh, comparison, that it's an email, uh, that's a minute in email is uh, stealing a minute from your child, people then get real serious about their email. You mentioned willpower a little bit ago, and I know that that's been getting a lot of uh, traffic now in the last couple of years, the willpower myth and stuff. Do you, do you talk about that in the perfect day formula? Well, a little bit, yeah. And just to you know, uh, go on with your point, the research is showing that willpower is kind of like energy. It's basically a, something that can be drawn down over the course of the day. And so I use the example, like if you rely on willpower all day long and you know, to make your decisions, that's why at, at night you're eating you know, dark chocolate and chocolate cake and you're having that extra drink because you don't have any willpower left at the end of the day when all those temptations come into your life. It's that perfect storm because it's really easy to avoid, you know, for most people, especially on a paleo diet, to avoid junk food early in the morning. And even at lunchtime, you can make the right decisions because you still have enough willpower. But it's sucked away by the time you get home and you're eating something that isn't on the paleo diet or that or you're eating too much of, of the, some of the great treats that people can now make on the paleo diet. And it really comes down to, all right, if discipline is something and willpower is something that we only have so much of, what are ways that we can reduce our reliance on it? And so we built in like the personal philosophies for your life, or I call them the rules for your life, which are just, you know, this is the time I go to bed. This is the time I go, I, I get up. If I have that structured into my day, then mm-hmm. I don't have to spend discipline in, you know, not hitting the snooze. Or if I, um, you know, if I don't have more than one alcoholic drink a day, that's my rule. Then it's really easy for me to say no. And so we help build in systems in place, including the social support that reduces the reliance on willpower and makes everybody's day a lot less stressful. Yeah, that's a fascinating point you brought up that no one's uh no one's eating the Ben and Jerry's first thing when they wake up, you know. It's always at night before they go to bed cuz they've been drained of their willpower. It's it's gone. Right. And Right. Work was tough and, yeah. and the boss was today and and people were bringing in donuts in the afternoon and that was tough, but I got through that, but I can't get past the the ice cream. So what are some of the rules then you talked about in the perfect day that you were going on? Um, they, so every, yeah, I put my personal rules in the book and I want people to understand that my rules are not their rules. Just like my wake up time is not their wake up time, but we help people create a, their own rules and their systems for their life. They might, they might only have three rules for their life. They might have 10 rules for their life, but I call them like kind of like your personal commandments that you follow uh, for, for living. So I do recommend that people have one or two of them based around, around uh, healthy living. You know, um, this is my nutrition style. This is how often I exercise. And, you know, this is the type of person I am. So I'm the type of person that exercises three times a week and, and that false paleo diet. This is me, no exceptions. And if you have that mentally in your head and you believe in yourself, then you're going to have great success with it. Uh, another one I suggest that people have a bedtime and a wake up time. And you stick to that seven days a week and you'll have amazing energy. It was the, one of the biggest changes in my life that, can, that allowed me to have all day energy. You know, I'm no longer tired at two o'clock and, and on Monday mornings I'm ready to go. Really? And I sleep really well on Sunday nights because I, I stick very closely to same bedtime, same wake up time. Now the bedtime changes more than the wake up time, but 
try and stick to that wake up time. It's really helpful. What time do you? And then also, what time do you wake up? Sorry to cut you. Off. I, I'm I'm up and working at four o'clock in the morning. Whoa. I just I, I just love uh, the early morning. I love uh, meditating with the sunrise, and and I really uh, I have a magic time is what I, what I call it, where you're three times more productive um, at a certain point in in your day than you are at other times. And everyone has this in their life, and you know night owls have it at ten o'clock at night. Uh, people like me have it early in the morning. Some people might have it before lunch. Some people might have it after lunch. But it's when you have your focus and your energy. Um, unlike any other time of day and you really can get three times as much done. Yeah. And for me again, it's, it's really early. So I get up quite early and, um, you know, that's the, the life that I, that I live. I really love that, um, solitude in the morning. Yeah. 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 It's a special time that seven day a week, uh, bedtime is a, is a cool tip for people to apply at home. Maybe trying that. What, did you have an adjusting period of where, <clears throat> It was it was hard for you to do. Like, how would you recommend people start? Well, that at home? yeah, I mean, I ignored it for years. I ignored it probably for seven or eight years. Hearing that advice coming from one of my mentors, but you know, then I found like you know now's a really good time of year to do it because you know people are still have the momentum of their New Year's resolutions, and you know there's not a lot of parties at this time of year, so you can you can probably have like a spell, like okay, maybe for the next fourteen days, I'm going to really stick to this, going to bed at you know, 1030 at night and getting up at 630 every day. And I do this even on the weekends. And you're going to go on, on Monday, you're going to, wow, I just had like the most energetic Monday I've had in so long mm. because, you know, I didn't sleep until 930 or 1030 on Sunday morning. And then I had, you know, trouble getting to sleep on Sunday night, which, you know, I dealt with for years and years and years. So, you know, try and put together like a 14 day spell of it or a 21 day spell, see how it goes. And once you see how great it is, you're going to try and stick to it as much as possible. And then the, the toughest thing is really, you know, sticking to the bedtime because, you know, there's going to be social nights, there's going to be movie nights, yeah. there's going to be date nights. Um, but, if, but sacrifice the sleeping in and maybe have a nap the next day because it's really, you don't want to be sleeping in. Sleeping in can really mess with your sleep schedule. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One thing that popped into my head and um, I actually thought about the other day I wanted your opinion on, how do you know when to walk away from something? Um, either, you know, like a workout. We get this idea that more is better in the gym, you know, and if we can just do that one extra set, man, we're, that, that's what really what we need. And I think in, in business too, you know, we have that just one extra hour. I can put it in at the, at the or check email one extra time. Um, what's your take on that? Yeah, so that's a really great question. I actually have two uh, two ways of looking at it that I've I've learned the hard way over time to apply the uh, what I call the Kenny Rogers rule to my workout. Um, you know, if you've heard the old song, the Gambler, he says you got to know when to hold them, uh, know when to fold them, and know when to walk away. And it it's always that last set. You know, when you think like I'm having a good workout. I'm going to do like maybe one other, one other exercise or I'm going to do one more set of this or I'm going to you know, try and crank out a few extra reps. That's when you get hurt. It's always those ones. And so, you know, especially as I've gotten in my late 30s and now I'm in my 40s, it was always the last set. And so now I realize, okay, you know, I've been in the gym for 40 minutes. Um, I could do one more set, but you know what? I'm going to take Kenny Rogers' uh, advice here and I'm going to walk away. I'm going to walk away without getting hurt or, you know, just tweaking a muscle or something, because I've already got my training stimulus applied to my body. One more set 
you know, is not going to make a huge difference. I mean, it's not going to make any difference at all, really. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've done three sets of squats, adding a four set is not going to be, you know, four times better. So you got to know when to just say, this is it. So stick to your program. Don't do extra. And if you're feeling fatigued or tired, don't be afraid to cut things short. Now, over on the email side, I've learned this the hard way. Um, I always found that, you know, if I say, I'm just going to check email one more time, that's when the email comes in that says, that's negative or that says, hey, would you mind working on this? Uh, and, and you're like, oh, I got to go and do it. And the next thing you know, you're working for another 30 minutes and you've robbed your family of time with you or you've robbed yourself of time yeah. to go to the gym and actually have your workout. So hold off on that extra set, hold off on that extra check of email. And, and really what it comes down to, Clark, is focusing on what matters in your life. Does it really matter to check email another time? Maybe there's a, a week every three months when you have a very busy week at work and you're launching a product or something. And it's like, yeah, we really do need to check email one more time. But most of the time it doesn't matter. And most of the time things can wait till the next day. If it was a real emergency, they'd be calling you on the phone or tracking you down, not just emailing you. Yeah. So that's what, you know, you need to have that perspective. Okay. Yeah, that's a good, no one to fold them perspective yeah. at, the, at the gym with the one more rep thing. I think there's that myth that, uh, you know, you got to break, break yourself down to build up stronger. And so people take that run with it and they say, okay, I got to break myself down. And the more I break myself down, the better I'll get built up. And that's where that extra, I got to right. do another. Which is the line, you know, if, oh, if it's one more set, why not more, why not two more? And the next thing you know, you're guaranteed to get the injury. So yeah. it's, it's really understanding and having a good program designed for you and understanding the science of it and understanding how much stimulus needs to be applied to your body in order to make the change. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about setting up your day? I know a lot of people are using to-do lists and uh, the thing, my story with a to-do list is eventually it got so ineffective. Um, I would put like, do the dishes on my to-do list just so I could check it off. Right, and I was right. like, why am I making this, this list? Um, how, right. how do you structure your day? Yeah, planning sometimes becomes this perverse form of uh, procrastination in a weird way. You know, I used to work with a guy who would, who would spend like an hour a day writing stuff on his whiteboard, you know, about things to do and, and ideas. And it's like, where is this getting you? You actually have to do some work. Yeah. So um, it was very similar to the goal setting approach that I used to take. You know, every New Year's I'd come up with like 50 goals. And you were just so shotgun scattered approach that you were never able to make progress on the, on the goals that really meant things uh, mattered and meant to you. So what people need to do is actually script their day out to understand how much time things are going to take and to focus on their priorities. So first of all, you make your to, to-do list of like three or five priorities that need to get done tomorrow. Maybe it's only one or two because the one or two things are just so big. But, you know, don't overload yourself. And then you also need to have what's called a not to do list. So things that you just do not allow yourself to do. Like, you know, first thing in the morning, I do not allow myself to go online and, you know, check 15 different sports sites for the next thing you know, your 90 minutes has been wasted. So you have need to know what you should not do. Those are the temptations and distractions you need to have out of your life. Um, and then your to do list is short. And then you go through the next day, um, we have actually a little bonus kit that people can purchase with the book and it has all these um, time blocking worksheets in it as one of the tools. 
and will help you script out your day. So, you know, from 8 till 10, I'm focusing on project A. And 10 to 10.30, I have a break. And then from 10.30 to 12.30, I have a meeting. And then I have lunch. And then I have, you know, another two-hour block, break, and another two-hour block. And that's it. That's all you need to do for scripting a day. It's not putting in, like you said, the 40 little little things that just, you know, make your to-do list 50 things long. And there's an old story about uh, Warren Buffett who said, you know, take, make a list of the 25 things you want to do and then cut off the bottom 20 and never think about them again because the top five are the only ones that really matter. And so those are the things that are going to move you ahead. Yeah, man, that's good. Uh, you script your day the night before, it sounds like. Yeah, I, I, I try and do it the night before. So I do, a, a, I use a little gratitude journal at the end of my day to kind of, you know, just really reflect on the day. And then I schedule the next day, um, you know, just like in these time blocks. I know what I'm going to be doing. And I know when I'm going to be having my lunch, taking my breaks, and really just fitting in. And like, these are the three big things I got to get done tomorrow. And it's kind of like with, um, you know, setting health goals. Like if you set a health goal of, of, uh, you know, running a tough mutter, for example, and, but you have all these other goals, like you also want to lose five pounds and, and you want to, you know, improve your pull-ups and stuff. If you just focus on the tough mutter training for it, all those other things will improve at the same time. It's like a bullseye. If you focus on your bullseye goal, all the other stuff around it will also improve. So just focus on the one in the middle, the big priority. And then that everything else will kind of take care of itself. Yeah, I really like that. Um, that's that's a good one because by training for the Tough Mudder, you'll probably end up getting fit and losing the five pounds versus trying to do each one of those individually. Um, right. Okay. And then, um, so you scripting the day before. You mentioned time boxing or time blocking some people. Yeah, time blocking. Uh, can you explain that for people who are unfamiliar? Yeah, so it's kind of, you know, people might also call it batch tasking. So it's, you know, going back to our email thing, if we only do email twice a day, say at 10 p.m. and 3 p.m., we're really blocking off that time to do one task. You know, it's a, a whole bunch of email all at once, and then we move on to something else as opposed to just letting the emails trickle in and dealing with them one one by one. So we really, what, uh, you know, researchers find is that we can focus for 25, 50, or even 90 minutes at a time on a task. And then after that, we need a break. Hmm. So if it's something that, you know, really takes your focus, just do 25 minutes. I believe it's called the Pomodoro um, effect or the Pomodoro method is 25 minutes, then a five minute break, 25 minutes, then a five minute break. And that's one way that time management people recommend you you kind of uh, set out your day. Now, other people might say you can work 50 minutes and then take a 10 minute break. And if you had, you can probably go up to 90 minutes long, but then you really need to take a little bit of a break. It's just like treating yourself as an athlete in training sessions. You do need to eventually have that little rest period in there. But the more you can, you know, totally commit that 90 minutes to whether it's budgeting or whether it's going through your finances or whether it's reading a book, you'll make much more progress doing it in those focused periods than if you're just trying to do five or 10 minutes here and there, because it does take a little bit of time for you to get into the task and then wind down from it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, getting into the task is a big one. I know um, flow state yeah. is a big thing that gets talked about a lot. Uh, do you want to explain what flow state is for the people at home? I'm not a, an expert in it, but I know that 
I actually, I call it the magic time. So going back to that magic time that I described before, I know when I was getting up at 7.30, I knew there was something missing from my life. You know, I was, first of all, I was behind the curve on everything and I felt like I had missed out on a precious time of the day. And so just by monitoring myself and, and looking objectively at the way I lived my life and when I had energy and when I was getting things done, I realized I was a morning person. So I structured my day around that. And when I'm working in the morning, I really do get in that flow. And, you know, time can really go by quite quickly. Whereas I am just not really great at doing anything uh, creative in the afternoon. That's why I schedule a lot of my uh, interviews in the afternoon, because I just can't sit there and write, which is really what my main job is. So getting into the flow really depends, first of all, in understanding and knowing yourself. And having perfect days really comes down a lot to knowing yourself, knowing what matters, and knowing when you operate best. And so when you find that time when you operate best, you find your magic time, then you can easily, more easily get into it so that you have greater pr- uh, productivity and really crank things out. And the next thing you know, if you, if you work in that flow state, you don't really need to work 10 hours a day because you're working six really great quality hours. And the next thing you know, you have more time to go and recover and, and live your life, which is what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the sprint aspect. You know, some people are trying to run, run marathons and that might not be as effective um, all the time. And uh, so with the flow state, it sounds like you're, you're time blocking, you're guarding that time. And a lot of it comes down to what you're not doing. You mentioned a not to do list and, and don't get caught up in the willpower myths or distractions. Um, and you guard that time at the beginning of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I say you, uh, you identify your magic time and then you ruthlessly protect it from other people. So you don't let people call you during that time. Um, you block it off as much as you can. Of course, there's going to be limitations when you work a, a job for somebody else. Um, but you try and get that understanding from other people. And then you also uh, you foster it. So what that means is you eliminate the distractions and you plan ahead. So you know if you are a, uh, an accountant or somebody and you know that you can really focus on numbers from 9 to 11 in the morning, uh, you, know, you, you block off uh, people from calling you at that time. And you do your preparation the, the day before, you know, before the workday ends the day before, you get everything set aside in the right piles so you, that you can come in and just attack that work. And you'll, you'll just be able to make so much uh, progress in your um, whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. So you said ruthlessly protect that time. And that kind of touches on a point of uh, saying no to things. And yeah, and uh, that can be hard for a lot of people because they don't want to come off as a jerk or you know, they want to be nice and polite. Uh, what are your, what are your thoughts on saying no? That, that is a, a really tough one. And, uh, um, I don't know if you're calling me a jerk, but, uh, but, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, it is something that people have to overcome and it really comes down to understanding what's again, the, the most important thing to you. And so we're, we only have a certain number of hours in the day and especially only a certain number of uh, productive hours in the day. And we have to be, uh, at other places, uh, you know, we have to get home and we have to take care of our duties at home. And so if you're saying yes to everything at work and it's causing you to be stressed and it's causing you to uh, hurt your health and it's causing you to work overtime, unpaid overtime, and it's really robbing you of your family time, 
then I think that's a good enough reason for you to, you know, if you want to call yourself being a jerk or being, you know, hard on other people or whatever, you know, being, you know, less of a, you know, I'll do anything type person, it's best for you. You have to have boundaries in your life. And, you know, there's people that uh, have written great articles about the power of saying no. Um, my friend James Altucher has a book of that title. Um, and the actress Lena Dunham, I just read an article on her the other day about how last year was the year of saying no. Because when you are successful, you're going to have so many opportunities coming into your life. But you just you have to draw the line somewhere. You can only say yes to so many things. And certainly you want to say yes and help as many people as you can. But I mean, it's like, you know, a famous person like Tony Robbins, he can't take everybody's phone call. You know, he just doesn't have time to do that. If he wants to go out and, and help 10,000 people in a seminar, he has to focus on that. And so you just have to have those boundaries, which again goes all the way back to setting the rules for your life. And we actually didn't get a chance to finish that off. But, um, you know, I also have rules in, in the book about the way that I want to act in my life. I want to be polite and courteous at all times and, and never swear. And so that's one of the rules for my life. And it also helps people um, remind themselves of the person that they want to be day to day. So um, that will help them once they have those boundaries in place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know in the perfect day, uh, you recommend taking the off time. So you, you, you block it, you get everything you need to get done. Let's say in that six hours and then the rest of the day you can recharge and unwind. Um, but you mentioned taking one day completely off, correct? Yeah. I mean, I believe like if you're a, if you're a business owner, like I am, um, I think that people will get a lot of value out of working a little bit on the, on the Saturdays. But then you do want to have that entire day off. That you know, and, and I actually have what's called device free days. So I try and schedule at least one a month hmm. where where I don't turn on the phone, my cell phone, and I don't even open up my computer. So all I do is you know, in terms of information, I might read a paper or I might you know read a book, but. The rest of the time is all family. Um, if anybody, you know, we set things up so if, if there's an emergency, they know how to contact me through a landline. But other than that, there's no digital electronics allowed in my day. And, you know, that's basically like a 24-hour period. And it's really liberating. It's actually wonderful to do. And I highly encourage people to even start with like four hours on a Sunday afternoon of like, hey, just leave your phone behind. You'll, you'll actually survive the next four hours without everybody in, in your group having their cell phone out. And, you know, as long as one person has it for emergencies, then you'll do just fine. And it's nice to be away from the screens. It's nice to be away from the constant chatter of Facebook and Twitter. And it really does help you recharge your, your batteries, so to speak. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I haven't done that in a while. The technology fast um, seems like a, like a cool concept in the busy, busy, busy world. Uh, recharge fully take some time you can actually go to uh, these vacations and retreats where you pay large amounts of money to be uh, to give them your cell phone and, and they don't <laughs> let you have any electronics for like seven days wow oh yeah man. Uh, that that's something with uh you know with I, I know there's some apps that do that as well like the freedom i think yeah. locks your internet up and you can't get on it or something yeah, you can uh, be um, removed from the entire internet or you can be blocked from certain sites. Like if you are just a Facebook junkie, you can use internet freedom huh. and it'll just you can say like, I don't want to be using Facebook from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. today. 
So I'm going to turn this app on and it'll, it stops me from using that site or accessing that site. Hmm. Um, coming up on, on time almost, but I wanted to get your take on uh, how technology or any kinds of technology have Im- impacted you in the last, I don't know, five years. Do you have any favorite apps or websites or things you u- use as a business owner that now you're, you're all about? Uh, that's a funny question because I actually, my cell phone is uh, six years old. So I have a BlackBerry Bold that I bought in April of 2010, and I've never downloaded an app in my life. Wow. So I've never, yeah, I am, uh, I am a weirdo. Uh, so people always laugh at me. And actually, I my phone makes some people angry, like people who love the newest phone, and they, you know, they've got the iPhone six, and and they see my phone, and they just get mad at me. They're like, how? They're disgusted by my phone. Yeah, they're uh, in the Apple cult. Right, right, but, but yeah, so. So I, I'm not a technology person that way. I'm a pen and paper, you know, to-do list, um, scheduling and scripting things, pretty much as much paper as possible. You know, the gratitude journal, it's not a piece of technology, but it's one of the things that's made the biggest difference in my life. And, you know, we sell those on our site, but you can use a simple piece of paper to have gratitude every day. And, you know, I, I tell people this a lot that, you know, growing up, I was a very skeptical a cynical person. And it actually served me well when I went and got my master's in exercise physiology. And it still serves me well when I read research papers. You have to be skeptical of things. But it also closed me off to some experiences and relationships in life. And so now, you know, going through the gratitude, I just write down all the things that made me smile over the course of the day. You know, this podcast will certainly be one of them. Um, You know, the people that uh, I appreciated over the course of the day, and, you know, it could be someone that I haven't thought about in years, but I thought about them and I'll just write them down. And it just reminds you of all the great people you have in your life, and especially in this negative world where everybody's, you know, from presidential campaigns to actresses and actors just, you know, slagging each other and saying bad things about each other. There really is a lot of good people out there doing good things. And so it's a great reminder of all the great people in your life. And so this is pen and paper, gratitude journaling. I do that, and then I list some of the accomplishments over the course of the day, and that's really made the biggest difference um, in terms of uh, daily rituals that I do. Oh, and also meditation. I've now, uh, it's been about three years, over a thousand days where I've been meditating at least five minutes, and usually it's about 17 to 20 minutes is my Mm -hmm. average, uh, where I've meditated every morning, and it's made a a great difference to my patients, which uh, was something that I've always struggled with. I was a very impatient young boy. Yeah. It's almost uh, as if, you know, all these things we've been talking about today, it, it's all about being uh, being uh, not reactive. You know, you're initiating. I forget that quote. It's, it's the easiest thing to do is react. The second easiest is to respond. And the third is to initiate. Um, so these are all about taking the initiative for yourself and, and not responding and right. reacting to everything that's coming at you. Yeah, I usually use that phrase when I'm interviewed. I say it's better to be proactive than reactive, and that's the way most people go through a life is being reactive. You know, they they wake up to the alarm and they hit snooze, and they get up, uh, you know, ten minutes late, and now their entire day is reactive because they're late for work, which means they're going to be, you know, driving fast and and angry in the commute. Um, they're getting, you know, to their desk or to their you know, positioned in the factory five or 10 minutes late. And so their boss is going to be angry with them and, you know, they didn't eat properly. And, and so, you know, they're just like foraging for, for crappy snacks at work and it's all reactive. It's all downhill 
when you live like that. But if you initiate it and you schedule your day and you're proactive, you're going to have amazing um, leaps and bounds in your progress. And it really is exactly that. You summarized it very well. Yeah. Awesome, Craig. So uh, with Early to Rise, you got lots of great resources on that site, lots of great articles. Um, what, where would you recommend people start? Is there one or two articles that are the, the go-to places? Yeah, so if they go to earlytorise.com forward slash 12-rules, they'll read my 12 rules for living, and I'll talk a little bit about how they can set up their own rules. And that's where I really recommend people to start to get an idea of what I'm all about. And then there's um, you know other great articles on there about gratitude and uh, scheduling your day. And we have... You know, the site's built for helping people improve their life in three areas, health, wealth, and wisdom, you know, becoming wiser every day, healthier every day, and, and wealthier every day. So we do have a lot of actual step-by-step instruction on, you know, how to save more money, how to make more money, how to get a raise, that type of stuff. So it really depends on what somebody's looking for, but we have help for every area of success in their life. So that's the best place to, uh, to start on our website. And then they can find me on Facebook or they can find me on Twitter, um, you know, I will uh, pop in there from once in a while as well. Okay. Uh, when you're not uh, boxing off the first four hours of the day, right? Right, and when I'm not, you know, ignoring all electronics yeah. for the entire day. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Great. Well, uh, the perfect day formula, Amazon, uh, they can pick it up there, and then anywhere else you want to direct them. Yeah, if they want to go for the advanced version of the book that comes with a kit and workbooks to help them work through all of, you know, creating the rules for their life, the five pillars for their life, and creating a vision for their life, they can check that out at perfectdayformula.com. And I have a little video on there where I unbox a kit like Christmas morning, and people will uh, really like that. Yeah, unboxing videos are huge. Yeah. Well, cool. Craig, thanks so much for coming on. That was a fun one. I appreciate all the... Uh, tips and hacks and and priorities you shared with us. That was a it's a great reset to really frame what's important in life and and what isn't. Yeah, happy to be back. Thanks so much for having me. All right, Craig. Till next time. That's it. The perfect day formula. You guys ready to go get your perfect days on? I hope so. Some really cool tips, hacks, productivity. Um, Self-growth can be a, uh, I I don't know how to say it, a a portal to type A personality on steroids kind of. Like for me, for instance, I talked about the to-do list and putting 50 things on there just to check them off. So don't get overwhelmed with what we talked about today. You don't have to do everything all at once and you're not going to fail if you don't do any of it. But it's worth a shot if you've never tried some of these things like a time box or uh, getting up early or doing the seven day a week bedtime or rise time. Try it. I mean, the only the worst thing that can happen is you go back to doing what you're currently doing. Right. And so with these, the trick is to try them, find what works and then don't worry about what doesn't. Even if it works for other people, if it doesn't work for you, don't worry about it. All right, off the soapbox for this week. (laughs) Anyway, I'm Clark, your host. Thanks so much for tuning in this week to PaleoHacks.com's podcast show. And uh, we will see you back here next week. Thanks so much.